so we've had today uh, in the news an example of, uh, well, judgment and of the extreme messiness of the human condition. Um, one of the most important um, uh, implications of the ascension has to do with God as judge. Because as Christians, even before we were Christians, even back in Abraham, as far back as Abraham's day, we always knew that God was the judge, that God was the one who was going to judge the universe. Abraham's uh, response to the angel about, about, uh, about Sodom uh, and the God's judgment of Sodom was, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the assumption there is important as well, that, that from the very beginning, we've assumed that God is going to judge rightly. That he's ultimately the only one who's going to judge rightly, and he will judge perfectly and thoroughly and completely. So when the angels say to the apostles uh, and the disciples of our Lord uh, that are assembled there with Mary in their midst, uh, they that that this same Jesus whom we have seen taken up into heaven will come again. They understood that to be that he was the judge. This is important because one of the things we need in any kind of for any kind of fair judgment is someone who understands us, someone who knows us. And while, of course, we know that, of course, God knows us. He's the one who created us. He knows us inside and out. There is a certain, I think, comfort in understanding that the one who is going to be our judge knows us not simply inside out, but he knows us because he is one of us. So that we can have faith not only in his judgment, but also in his understanding and ultimately in his mercy. The second implication that arises from the ascension is who it was who ascended. Given what we know about him, that he is the God-man, that, that he is God incarnate, that God himself came down and became flesh, became one of us. Uh, this, is, this is hugely significant because now Christ, having united our human nature to his divine nature, has ascended to the Father's right hand. And that's also hugely important uh, because this is the restoration of that divine image that, was, that we broke <laughs> right at the beginning the genesis again says very clearly you know that god made us in his image male and female he created them that that this masculine and feminine is a, uh, together is a part of who we have been made to be by god himself and that whole human nature as embodied in Christ, has been united to the divine nature. 
he sits at the right hand of God the Father himself. Uh, and and that, that, that broken image, and we've seen just in today's court case, well, not just today's, it's gone on for a while, you know, just how broken that image is, how messed up we really can be and are uh, on both sides, male and female. In fact, we're so messed up in our society that we're not even sure how to define what a woman is, unless you're a biologist, I guess. But, but it, it, this, is, this is problematic. And yet we understand this to be the divine or divinely created order from the beginning. More than that, we have to not simply look out and point fingers, but we have to look at ourselves and acknowledge that we ourselves in our humanity, both as male and female, are broken. We are messed up. In fact, it's not our job to judge. It's God's job. You know, we, we try and judge in these limited circumstances and generally do a fairly poor job of it. But, but, um, but, uh, but we are called primarily to judge ourselves, to understand that we are broken. And then to, uh, given that knowledge, given that understanding, we must necessarily approach all of the brokenness that we encounter in a spirit of humility and a spirit of love, a spirit of compassion, a spirit of understanding. One of the, the uh, today is also the feast day of Saint Justin Martyr and philosopher. Happy namesake, son. Uh, uh, and and one of the things that Saint Justin talks about is that uh, in his, in his apology is is precisely just how messed up things were back then. This is nothing new. Uh, one of the thing one of the reasons that Saint Justin actually rails against abortion is because of its implications for the sex trade of the day. Uh, in those days, of course, they didn't, they didn't necessarily have access to abortion or it was, it, was, uh, less, it was easier to simply expose the newborn child uh, and, and to leave it just on the side of the street. Uh, and, and that actually meant that a lot of them were picked up and sold into sexual slavery. This is the basis for St. Justin's denunciation of abortion. And of course, Christians also uh, responded to that by you know, gathering them themselves and protecting them and raising them uh, as, as, as they were able to. Um, the other thing, though, that, that it's very interesting that St. Justin notes in his apology is that the, um, is the existence of men and women who have been who have maintained chastity uh, both in marriage and as individuals from birth until old age this was something that was actually kind of amazing uh, within the greco-roman context uh, they, they just didn't get it. They just didn't get the, even the notion of fidelity, which is one of the reasons the Jews looked at them and said, these guys are really unclean. Uh, the, 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 uh, I mean, 
there was, of course, the usual double standard. Women were expected to be faithful. Men were expected to not be able to be faithful. But St. Justin actually points to the Christian ideal of chastity, both in terms of its uh, married, married uh, 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 reality and, and single reality uh, as evidence of the power of God at work in Christianity, in Christians. Uh, and so I think that one of the responses that we need to have to the brokenness and the misunderstandings of our, of our age is simply to, in love and humility, try and make sure that we do just that. We live out that ideal that God has created from the beginning and live out that chastity that Christ calls us to. But the final thing that I think that, uh, that the, of the, uh, the final implication that we, that we need to think about for the ascension is that while it represents for us or, or reveal, reveals to us that the one who judges us knows us, inside out and loves and understands us and also that the image of god which we managed to mess up so royally has been restored in him and is being restored in us it also reveals to us our final destination that what we were created for in the first place was this amazing union with God, the union of our humanity with his divinity, which is ultimately realized in Christ and in us as the body of Christ. That is our destination. Our destination is not simply to remain limited creatures uh, that God created who are kind of fumbling around in the dark. No, our, our destination is to be with him in his glory, united to him in that divine, Trinitarian, eternal communion of love. That's what we are being drawn up into. That is the destination of theosis as we understand it. That we the poor, limited creatures that God has made are somehow, by his grace, assumed into his divine life, Bestow, bestowed with his divine glory. We share in that glory because of his divine, ineffable <coughs> love for us, which unites him to us and us to him for all eternity is the glory. The glory of the Father and the Son, 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 and the